0: Hello. Welcome to IntelliCast. This is season five. That's crazy. Episode. I think it's episode 15. It's 14 or 15, but I think this is 15. Man, we got to quite the crew here today. First off, it's associate producer, Emma. Hello, Emma.
1: I think so, yeah. Hi.
0: It's been a while. You haven't been on the podcast in so long.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been, I think, since like COVID times. So like quarantine.
0: Oh, wow. Well, yeah. welcome back. Um, you're still an avid listener and editor, um, huge part of the team. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, producer Brian, is it a Canadian holiday today? Is that why he's out? He has a family reunion. So he's oh, out of town. Okay. Yeah. So Canadian, Okay. Canadian family reunion. Um, also joining me today, man, what a team we have here. Tony Brown and Andrew DeSellis. Hey guys, how, how are you? Tony, how are you, sir? Great. Great. How are you doing? Doing all right. And Andrew?
1: Hey, hanging in there. Hanging in there. Glad to be on all the right. show.
0: So we've done. Our, we haven't even announced this. Really, we've done kind of a reorg in the past few months. And you two are pod leaders. Um, I think we didn't prep for this at all. I'm just going completely rogue from what we decided to do today. Can you can you all describe maybe like what your team name is and what how the change maybe maybe one minute can either of you all do that? <laughs> Who wants to?
1: Sure, I'll I'll let Tony go first. I'll let Tony go first. <laughs>
2: Okay. Team names, how we're revealing those to the the public. This is, um, so we we call ourselves the Rainmakers. Yeah. Yeah, so that's our team. uh, And yes, we have reorganized the sales team a bit to give uh, a lot more personal attention, uh, coaching, uh, mentoring, and then just going into a lot deeper levels within um, our clients' relationships to make sure that we're doing all we can for them uh, in a more collaborative way. Yeah.
1: Tony, I don't think I could have said that any better. You know, the, the purpose of breaking the sales team down into those smaller teams is really just to sort of scale out our expertise, make everything more collaborative and bring that sample consulting mindset to each and every client, um, much more, more frequently than we, we can right now. Um, so yeah. So, uh, like Brian said, um, I head up one team, Tony heads up another team, a little bit of friendly competition to be sure, which is, which is never bad. Um, I am on the goal diggers, not the gold diggers, which was mistakenly put on a financial report that came out (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yes, we are the goal diggers, um, out there to break all of our goals for the year.
0: Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And, um, I love it because you two, you're very different, but you're both so good at what you do at consultative selling and being very consultative with your clients. And I'm so glad that um, we have junior team members that can learn from you all. Um, And so we'll talk more about this as the year goes on. But I think, you know, this will, who knows what it'll look like in a year or two. But for today, I think it's awesome. So I'm excited. And thanks for joining. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit of conference recap. Between the three of us, we went to three conferences in April. Uh, We meant to record this, I don't know, two weeks ago, and, you know, work happened, and we probably canceled it. I think we've all used our cancel card at least once, Um, but today we're going to talk about it, so if you didn't get a chance to get to the conferences, we'll kind of quickly summarize each one, and we'll also kind of go through some general trends and themes. Hope it's valuable to you. Um, I guess we can start off with the Insights Association Annual Conference, which is a rebrand of the Insights Association Next Conference. And it was in Philadelphia. I was the only one there, which first of all, that was a mistake only sending me because I didn't know how many people would be there. Um, This was my first conference in two years. And so I expected probably 100 and 150 people of which I expected to know 95% of them would be like all my friends and family that have gone to conferences in the past. I quickly realized There were 350 people there. I knew about 20% of the people. Um, It was so big. It was so nice, actually. I was a big fan of going there. Really good content. I love the Insights Association so much. Just a lot of, like, just informative content, and that's kind of the mission of the Insights Association. And so they talked. um, They give a lot of awards for laureates, and, you know, a lot of the big people, big names were there. And so um, it was great to see everybody. First time I'd seen a lot of people in two years. First time I met people that I talked to on Zoom calls for two years, seen them in person. Um, of course, the Melanie Court Ride and all of the Inside Association national people were there. And the only kind of content I wanted to talk about is um, they had a group of people that were um, researchers that talked about how the Insights Association is starting to do research on kind of aligning and best practices in how we ask demographic questions. And they're starting off with um, race and ethnicity. So I think they've done, they've presented that maybe at all three conferences. So you two might have seen that as well. And I think that there's a webinar even out there. So probably lots of people in the industry have seen it, but it kind of came out at the Insights Association conference. And so I was happy to see that work being done. It's kind of weird that I don't know if I'm like we're kind of behind the times and we should have done this probably 10 years ago. Um, but that was kind of my overall takeaway. I can't wait to go again next year to this conference. I think we should probably send a couple more people knowing how big it is. Um, and So many different I mean, great researchers are there. So I don't know if you all have anything to add. I know you weren't there, but um, any questions or anything about it? No.
2: No, I, I agree. It's very hard to do a conference of that size, especially with just one one person. There's just a lot to cover, a lot of content to cover, a lot of, a lot of people to talk to. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to do. So hopefully we can yeah, get get more representation out there next year. And my dog went with me to this conference.
0: And she was, I don't know if she's a big hit, but she was a hit to some people. Because one, of the, what, one thing I love about conferences, if it's possible, I think yours was like this, Andrew, was that the conference was in the same um, building as the hotel. And so everybody's kind of condensed in one location. You're either at the conference or you're likely at the bar of the hotel, which is a you know, two floors away, um, for the most part. So I, you know, my dog was in the lobby the whole three days, and so I got to, a lot of people met my dog, which was kind of cool and a way to meet people. Honestly, it was not a sales tactic. She was injured, and so I brought her along with me. But so that was Insights Association Philadelphia, great conference. If you're looking, if you're a member of the Insights Association, or even if you're not a member, you should be. I would recommend attending this one especially. It's just really good content. A lot of big brands there. Um, Great, like the Walmart spoke and Meta spoke. And so seeing what they're doing in terms of research is so valuable to hear. Let's go to Andrew. Andrew, you visited Quirks in Chicago.
1: Yes. What was that like? Yeah, the chronologically next conference (laughs) of our conference season was in fact Quirks Chicago. Um, You know, can't speak highly enough of the location you're know, like you said brian um we were the grand sheraton uh downtown and so there was a just fantastic event space in that hotel um so like you said, everyone was concentrated um there were lots of places to you know, kind of have a, a good side conversation there were like three levels of coffee shop bar rest you know, so on and so forth like right underneath that conference hall um, great big event space with all the breakout rooms on the border um and of course too you know if you've ever been to that Sheraton um you know floor to ceiling windows on every level looking right at the Chicago River um i went and saw some other clients um while i was there i walked everywhere um it was a beautiful weekend absolutely loved it um I will say, too, that 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 Quirks conference is just a fantastic mix of suppliers and clients. Um, you know, we as consultants sort of sit either, you know, you could say in the middle, I don't like that because then people will say you're a quote unquote middleman. Um, you know, I'd like to think we're a third party observer, but we're, we're kind of between that supplier and client side of things in, in the online survey world. Um, and there was just a fantastic mix. You know, a lot of the exhibitors were of course suppliers, but I bet half of the people there were were on the client side. So um, a lot of different sessions, a lot of different sessions going on at the same time. So it's, you know, of course that makes it hard to sort of choose what you're going to attend. In um, one thing, and I'm not sure, how often I get to say this about a conference. Uh, The food was fantastic at Quirk Chicago. Um, So kudos to all all the time and energy that went on to put that event. Um, It it was really great.
0: Awesome. Tony and I went to Quirk Chicago a few years ago. It sounds pretty similar. Um, It's such a cool, um, it's to me that it's almost things, this is in a positive way, but it's almost anxiety driven for me trying to figure out the, order of sessions i wanted to attend there's so many options right i was like all right i have to be in this booth at 10 20 at 10 40 i gotta be here at 11 i gotta be here um was did you experience any of that andrew
1: yeah yeah and the quirks sessions were very short um are yeah. you know, only like 20 minutes and so there's you know Twenty minutes, ten minute break, twenty minutes, ten minute break, pretty much all day long, Um, and I think they had five or six different sessions going on simultaneously. So, um, it it was definitely hectic trying to figure out, you know, when am I going to see this person and when am I going to go to this session. And there were multiple times that I had to choose kind of between two sessions that I wanted to go to. But uh, you know, that, that that's a good a good thing for a conference, right. When there's that much compelling programming that uh, I I'm forced to make a decision. Right. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, I, it was really good. Really good. Cool.
0: Tony, you're up. Let's talk about IIEX in Austin. Um, You've been to IEX before, right?
2: Yeah. I've been a few times. I think maybe four. Okay. Uh, Four or five. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, Continues to be one of my favorite conferences throughout the year. I mean, it was well attended as always. Um, they're usually in cities that are easy to get to, you know, throughout various parts of the country. Uh, this one was in Austin, um, but uh, I spoke with a couple of GreenBook people um, during lunch, and they put so much effort into the conference, and it really does show. Um, you can tell that people are happy to be back out meeting with one another. That was one thing. It's really been the second, only the second conference I've been to since uh, conferences have started up again. Uh, I was at a conference last fall. The mood was vastly different. I mean everybody was still required to be masked up and uh, everybody was weird about that. It was hard to even meet people uh, because you rely so much on the, you know on recognizing somebody's face across the room and it was hard to do that with everybody wearing a mask. but um, you know they were a little bit timid back then still about do we shake hands? Do we fist bump, do we elbow bump? What do we do? Um, but yeah, this time around it was just in general, just the, the whole atmosphere was, was um, a positive change. You um, know, so much going on in the industry right now, and that's so much of what the content um, was reflecting. Is obviously very tech driven. Uh, a lot of technology woven throughout a lot of the, the presentations and content, um, which is you know, which is really an, it's an amazing time, an exciting time in in market research. But um, another thing too, I, I saw a lot of younger people there, which is exciting because. Um, even when I was one of the younger ones, <laughs> I'm not that way anymore, but even when I was one of the younger ones, uh, everyone there was, was older than me. You know, so the fact that the average age, I think um, this is not scientific, but it feels to me the average age uh, of the conferences like that have dropped. And so, you know, that just tells me it's still a very vibrant industry. People are wanting to commit their, their careers to. Cool. Should we, should we talk about the headphones? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll, I'll set this up. Um, You probably saw pictures. Um, It was kind of actually innovative in that I, my guess is Lenny Lucas and the green book people had no idea how many people would show up. It was going to be 300 or 1200. And they planned on just one room for content. And my guess is as they got more speakers, as they got more attendees, they just added more speakers within that same space. And in many ways it worked out really well. So there were, speaking areas in the four corners of the giant room we were in kind of like a convention center meeting hall pretty big room with the vendors kind of spread out throughout the entire room um and then everybody wore headphones the entire basically the entire time and you could switch the content to whatever room you wanted to listen to and it was color-coded so you could go to one stage and it was green and you can wander around. And, oh, here's the blue stage. That's interesting. It's blue. And I hear different content. In some ways it really worked.
2: Um, would you agree with that part, Tony? In some ways it did really work. You, you, you could attend or listen in on uh, a session without having to be physically right there. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a, a positive for sure.
0: Yeah. Then the challenge probably, and this is—I'm not being critical at all. This was—it was a co-sponsorship cool from Susie and a good job from IX, as they always do. This is pretty innovative, and that's what they're known for. It, it kind of stifled conversation, I think, a little bit. Um, there were times I was sitting next to you or sitting next to somebody, and someone would say something, and I want to reach out, turn over, and say, "Ah, oh, wanted to point out something," or—and it was really hard to do. It almost—you—you you almost kind of needed one ear with the headphone and one ear empty so you could kind of talk to people. Um, so there were times I think it took a little bit of time to kind of figure out the process um, of how to kind of maximize your time there um, but overall it was pretty cool and I love it that they're trying out new stuff we got to try out new stuff and that was a good way for them I think to expand without you know having to rent new space or something
2: yeah there there was uh it's definitely a topic of conversation for everybody <laughs> you, everybody you talked to uh and uh yeah if, if you weren't uh if you weren't. Listening on the head, they were over the ear headphones. So they were really, from a quality standpoint, they were good noise-canceling types of headphones. But to your point, you couldn't really hear anything else with anybody sitting next to you um, if you had them on. But um, it was a great way to, and you're right, I didn't even think about that, that it may have been a a situation where they were planning for fewer people. And as it expanded, they had to realize what to do without changing the actual venue. um, Because it was all, like you said, a huge open room with four they weren't even really stages. They were just corners yeah. of that massive room at ground yeah. level and um, with a, you know, concrete floor and high ceilings and the exhibitor, you know, area right in the middle.
0: I took a, I'm, I took three pairs of headphones home, so I have the. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how they monitored that. Probably, I bet they missed a few of them, honestly, because, you know, sometimes I'd put it in my bag and I was wandering around for a meeting and then I'd forget about it, but I, I didn't bring any home, but I bet somebody did. I bet the got most of them up and not all of them um the exhibitor hall was kind of interesting to me and I me contrast this with quirks um i don't know it was giant like we've marketing people have really done a great job at building these really professional booths one of them got a best booth award um but A lot of tech companies and new companies and really modern booths that are more interactive. It used to be you just kind of put a tablecloth down and maybe a a monitor and you had some pieces of paper that you'd hand out, right? And someone sitting in a chair. That was a booth not that long ago, probably three or four years ago. And maybe IIX helped us become more innovative, but I felt like the vendor hall was something I used to avoid. But I kind of wanted to wander through there and see who was there and interact with it a little bit, and even the companies I was wasn't aware of. Yeah, the layout,
2: you know, the the um, they've really done a lot of work. I think over the last few conferences, it's been very visible to make sure that you maximize traffic through that (laughs) through that vendor hall. Um, And so they organize it towards more of a networking space with tables even in the middle. Yeah. Um food is now always always served, you know, in that same general area typically, um, uh, to just really encourage traffic through those areas. But that was you know, as much as you know, the 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 issue of needing headphones because of all the stages being right there in a the giant room, that, that the networking um was really very um easy to do in from that regard. Yeah. Was that like that at Quarks,
0: Andrew? They're known for like a pretty impressive vendor hall as well
2: no oh,
1: absolutely yeah the the booths at quirks were were beautiful um and certainly you know if emi is going to have a booth at some point we've got to step up our game no, no tablecloths for us brian <laughs> right right we um
0: yeah you can't just show up like you used to i think you have to kind of come strong
1: yeah but no yeah yeah i it was definitely the same um you know the foot traffic you know, certainly you were, you were always going past someone's booth. Um, and I, I think I described it as well, you know, all of the breakout rooms were on the periphery of that conference room. So if you were going to go from one session room to another session room, you would pass through, like you just got lots of tables, networking coffee stations were scattered throughout. Um, but yeah, I think most directly, you know, almost every single booth was, Very, very impressive and well, well manned. There were probably three to five people at almost every booth. Um, Very impressive.
0: I also love how we're getting pretty innovative with sponsorships. Like the the coffee area that I think pure spectrum um, had in Austin. It was, it wasn't just coffee. They had pretty fancy coffee with the really impressive baristas. And it was almost like a bar um, where there were bar stools and bar tables. Um, it was a, there was a DIY part to it, but you could also order like really fancy kind of drinks. And that was a nice centerpiece. And there was at least two areas that have the like, couches. You can go relax and hang out. Um, there was lots of food and yeah, it was, there was a, a calligraphy artist and there was a guitar player and there was a place where you can go paint something. It was just, I think we've gotten much more creative with sponsorship opportunities um and even it used to be there might be one event after four o'clock now I feel like this content I mean it's almost 20 hours of the day is has a sponsor to it there's a happy hour there's a dinner there's an after party there's the late late night thing there's the running group in the morning we had a I think we had goat yoga one morning in Austin I didn't make it to the goat yoga uh, there was a spinning class I mean really creative so kudos to our industry to You know, think like get creative with, you know, that's not a lot of content, but you're networking and we're a small industry and that networking stuff, you know, a lot of people go to those running groups. I've seen them. A lot of people will go, obviously, to the late night band stuff, which is kind of cool. But, um, I mean, I think our conferences have done a really good job of getting creative with networking opportunities as well as sponsorship. Couple trends and themes. All right, I'm gonna, I'm, I went to two conferences, so it's double. You know, not much more. Still a small base size. Two conferences. Here's, here are my thoughts on kind of some trends that I saw. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and not necessarily for the conference, but more around our industry. I think uh, the first one is around diversity, and not just not just um, was, there's content that I think was very diverse and spoke about diversity, I felt like the people looked very different in attendance than it did five years ago. And and Tony, you mentioned the age. That's one way, certainly. There's a lot more younger people. I'm so happy to see so many younger people at this conference. I feel like our industry is really kind of, I wouldn't say we're cool yet, but we're we're getting kind of, we're attracting a lot of cooler people. once us all kind of old timey nerds get out of the industry, this this will be a cool industry. The insights industry will be kind of cool. The clearly, you know, diversity has been a big topic in society for two years. I think that there was a lot of action taken by the industry and companies for sure to be more representative and to take specific action steps. And that was certainly evident everywhere I've been and part of the committees I'm on. Um, general thoughts on what I just said. I don't think it was anything too controversial, but did you, do you all see that? Do you feel it?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we certainly saw that at, uh, at quirks as well. Um, and I did not attend a diversity session, but I think one of the other, you know, one of the things that I want to bring up is that there's two points to that, that I see as the trends is there's of course, the diversity of our industry itself. Right. You know, in our recruiting, our hiring, and especially our education practices, outreach to universities, things like that, ensuring that our industry itself is is diverse um, but then there's also a lot of the topics about like research methods, how do we ask certain questions, and what are the implications of those um, and I won't dive into you know that too much right now, but I just think it's tremendous to see. Our industry responding to be more intentionally diverse in multifaceted ways, um, and like I said, I did not make it to it to a session on that, but there certainly were sessions on that, um, and it's certainly something that was discussed. And I think that can only be beneficial in the long run.
0: You know, one, um, I'll real quick and I'll get your thoughts, Tony. Is we had a session? I'm not. Sure, I don't think you were that this one, Tony. Um, Tim Cornelius spoke about the being inclusive with people with disabilities. And honestly, it was one of my favorite sessions. And it talked about how we can do so many great things with surveys, with people that are colorblind, with people that are deaf um, or hearing impaired or sight impaired. And there's a lot of other ways that we can be more inclusive in how we design surveys, both quant and qual. And that, we're gonna have Tim on the podcast here soon to talk about that. but even that is intentional when you're talking about diversity. It's not just the normal things that you immediately go to when you think about diversity. Like we're diverse in a lot of different ways, I think, and I'm really proud of the industry. So hope I didn't take
2: your point, Tony. No, no, not at all. That's a, that is an excellent point because there's a lot, uh, you know, um, as far as people with, with uh, disabilities uh, is a huge part of, of that, and part of that diversity and inclusion. Um, so, in, to Andrew's point, you know the ways of asking questions properly within surveys, um, in terms of various demographics, but also just the importance, the heightened importance and awareness of doing research and outreach to various groups um, to really understand um, their needs, their habits, their thoughts, their preferences, um, as much as anybody else, to make sure that there's there's representation there in the, you know, in, in the research.
0: The only thing I didn't see that I thought I might see around um, diversity or inclusive, maybe it's more inclusive, inclusivity was there were still a lot of people that were clearly um, wearing masks and, you know, wouldn't shake hands and to be inclusive of them is super important, right? We want to make sure that people that haven't traveled or um, maybe they live with someone that um, they're really worried about COVID or maybe they're personally worried about COVID. Um, I didn't see... I mean, if they were wearing a mask, obviously didn't go up and hug them. Um, it was a little awkward, I think, at times. Like, maybe it's just me, but like, do I hug? Do I shake? I haven't seen you in two years, but you're a friend of mine. Um, part, some people were like back to normal. Others were just like, okay, stay away from me. Good to see you, but stay six feet away. Um, hopefully, that changes soon as COVID. Hopefully, is we don't see an uptick. Um, the other one, and I'm not sure about this one. I love your thoughts on this. There's so much more innovation and tech companies in our industry now, and I'm not sure if that's because I went to an innovation, kind of went to an innovation conference, or if that's really a super trend. I think it's a really an amazing trend, and I think that evidence of that is all of the different investment in our industry around a lot of new funding and marketing research, and you see a lot of mergers and acquisitions, you see non-traditional companies acquire insights firms. Um, like Press Ganey acquiring Forsta, um, you know, what's going on with uh, SurveyMonkey and Qualtrics. Um, I think that that is a driving so much innovation. And I, I think that's a really big trend. There are so many companies i had never heard of before. And I used to feel like I had a pretty good handle on the industry. Um, did you all feel the same way? Or was it just me?
1: I like do have to poke a little bit of fun at you, Brian, that are you sure there were a whole bunch of new companies or are you sure that they didn't just all change their names? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I could have just forgotten their name change. That's a good point. Yep.
1: No, no, I, you make a great point though. Um, and especially as, you know, there the, the are more technologies available. They also make us better. Right. Because the money that's coming into the space and the technology, the res tech companies that are being um created, you know, every day, um, all of those sort of augment the core function of our industry, which would be, you know, kind of the sample and then the generation of insights and the consultation. That's kind of the lifeblood, right? Is that we have the asset, people and their opinions. And then we need researchers to gain insight from that. Um, And as we have all of these companies kind of lining that stream of, of of what we're really doing here, um, it's only going to make us better. So yeah, there were certainly absolutely um, a lot of exhibitors who were from, Types of companies that were not sample providers, right? They're providing a unique offering to that kind of, can I call it an opinion supply chain? Is that is that fair? Is that maybe like a new... I like it. I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, so, so there were certainly a lot of technology companies that were adding something unique there, whether it's from a fraud detection standpoint, security standpoint, um, or from a programming standpoint, analysis. Um, a lot of new, interesting, quality quant, qualitative hybrid tools, things like that. Um, we're absolutely seeing more diversity in the space and have more tools in our toolbox than we ever have.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of these companies, they're obviously not um, research companies. They're more tech companies. And I think one of the challenges is how um, we integrate that effectively because all this new technology is amazing. It makes us do so many things faster, um, better in some ways, if we we can leverage it correctly. But there's risk with that. And so we got to somehow... Um, get that learning curve of teaching the tech companies how to be a little bit of research, so they don't do things that you know aren't what we're supposed to be doing, and vice versa. We need to be better at the tech part on our end. Um, I talk a lot differently now than I did five years ago. I talk about APIs and and digital fingerprinting dashboards and activity data and all this new stuff that I never spoke about before. Um, so we have to we have to advance ourselves on. Thinking about technology, um, which is keep, keeping a lot of new jobs. Right, coding is just a massive help for our industry, and, and a lot of us didn't learn how to code. The new people—it's almost like a necessity to come in with some sort of coding background and mentality. And that's just—that's the evidence of we're changing as an industry. So, um, yeah, those are the two trends that I kind of highlighted. There are probably others. Um, Anything I missed on this? Anything else we should talk about with conferences?
1: Um, You know, one of the biggest topics at Quirks, or at least that, you know, there were multiple sessions and what I heard people talking about out in the main room uh, was all around data quality.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I'm not sure how much we need to dig into data quality right now um, but I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that that is a hot topic for every single sample provider every single researcher every single client and everyone in between left right up down and you know around this crazy space of ours is, is data quality um, and everyone seems to be very focused on programmatic data quality fraud detection um, and the technology around that. Um, maybe we'll do another podcast where we really, really kind of dive into that. But I attended multiple sessions that were specifically about the programmatic elimination of poor data.
0: Now, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to, that was a highlight of um, IIX specifically um, case, which we're a member of. <clears throat> we're part of the core team that did a lot of the work and the analysis on this. And you know, we had some big brands up there talking about data quality. And that's always good. I think there should be, always be a data quality session, especially if a brand is leading it, so we can get some butts in the seat to so that listen to it, and someone's not just touting their product, which is you know we need to do that too. But we need to hear the impact and the demands from the people that ultimately are using the data. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that that's that's certainly something that's going to be talked about this year because, you know, a lot of this technology, we talked about this, about this on our webinar a couple of days ago is um, we're still learning how to leverage it, what best practices are. We're still kind of diving into the data and trying to figure out what the ideal way to leverage all this new information we have. Um, So, yeah, we could probably, we'll do, we'll certainly do a podcast on that. Um, I don't have anything else. Any final
2: thoughts or anything that I missed? I would say just conferences in general for people listening. Uh, I know sometimes, well, obviously with COVID, there were no conferences. And then I know what can happen with a lot of things that, you know, conference budgets that don't get used tend to go away and get shrunk and maybe hard to get back uh, for budget approval for that. Um, That's Not that evident necessarily given the attendance we've seen on a lot of the last few conferences, which is great. But if you're if you're a researcher, I would say, um, you know, considering conferences, definitely go for the content but also go for the networking because there's so much out there. I mean, um, there's so much happening in, in industry like we just talked about that it's, it's great to get out there and see it all firsthand. Um, the time commitment is always something to consider. You've got a, you know, a pile of work back at your desk, but, um, but really I encourage people to continue to go out there and, and attend for, again, not just content, which, which can be great, but uh, just networking because of all the change happening.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Jamin Brazil, when he was on stage in Philadelphia, and I've, I think about this a lot, it really stuck with me. He said that uh, if he could give advice to twenty-five-year-old Jamin Brazil, it'd be the, the understanding that your success is directly related to primarily two things. One of them being just are you good at your job, um, and but and that's important obviously. But secondly, how big your network is. And to your point, Tony. It's so important in this industry. You don't burn a bridge because you will work with them or they will be a client or they will be a partner or probably all three. If you're in this industry long enough. Um, and I really, this part too is like to force yourself to do the, and I'm bad at this, Tony, you're probably gonna laugh at this force yourself to do the the hours and force yourself to do the dinners force yourself to do the, the, as many of these things as you can. I'm exhausted by five or six o'clock. I don't know how people do it, my brain dead. So I have to kind of force myself to go out. Um, But that's so important. That's when you that's really when you build those relationships is over a beer at seven o'clock, when you're not talking about research anymore, you're talking about life. And that's when you relate to somebody. Um, And so that was something I really took away that I hope I'm better at in the future. I got to work on that. Um, So yeah, that's, that's such a great point. Cool. I don't think we have anything else. This is a good episode, I hope. i love your feedback. I'm going to promote a few things. Um, we just did a webinar on trends in the land sample landscape. Um, we'll put that in the show notes so you can still download that. It went over an hour with all our questions. I think the content was 35 minutes and we had about 30 minutes of questions and we cut people off. So I think it's interesting. It's really a summary of how we see uh, the sample industry and some trends that we're looking at. Um, we're doing, this is not really even research related, but we're doing a Cincinnati scurry and in Cincinnati, it's, uh, it's kind of a charitable race, kind of like the amazing race uh, with teams that are raising money for mental health. Uh, this is Mental Health Month, so we wanted to acknowledge that. This is our second time doing it, and I'm really proud of our company sponsoring this and trying to raise money for mental health. And then our next two conferences, SampleCon, May 16th through 18th, I can't believe I'm missing it, I'm really sad, but uh, Mary Draper will be there as she always is. Um, It's in California, May 16th through 18th. And then the next one I'll be at is the MMR Future of Insight Summit. That's August 10th and 11th in Athens, Georgia. What a better place to be in the middle of August than than Georgia, right? I'm looking forward to that, actually. Um, They do have air conditioning in the buildings and the conference is indoors, so I don't think it'll be that big of a deal. Um, But hey, Tony. Andrew, thank you all so much for joining. Appreciate you all attending these conferences. It's some It's hard. It's a long days. Get away from your family. It's stressful. You have work. You know, we all have day jobs. And we do these things. So appreciate you all not only going to the conferences, but coming to the podcast to talk about it. And associate producer, Emma, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hopefully you can edit out my dog snoring during this. And if you have any questions, comments, guests, ideas to talk about please let us know reach out to us and we'll talk to you soon this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c sweetradiocom